Thank you for joining us at God's Men's The Table. My name is Brother Theron, and I'll be your host. We're here sitting around the table with a few of my friends, and we're discussing our journey of becoming the men that God has intended us to be. And our goal is to help you with that walk as well. We're going to look at different subjects and things that are going on in the world from a men of God's point of view. It's not always easy, but taking that journey, we want to work together and be definitely become the men that God has created us to be. Hope you enjoy the podcast and what we have to say, and I definitely hope you get something out of it. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us at the table. Today we have with us Pastor Ron. Minister Andre and Deacon Rod. Um, how are you gentlemen doing this morning? Fine. fine. Blessed and well. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're getting ready for the holidays. And, you know, last week we had um, some questions. Uh, a couple of people that I actually um, know from my job that listens to our, our podcast, they had a couple of questions on about um, the stuff they go through um, being a Christian, they was asking how to how to handle some of those things, and then we're going to get into some um, other talks. We were just talking earlier about you know some of these programs that are also out there, so we'll probably touch on those also. Is that all right with y'all? Yeah, hey, sounds like a plan. Stir the ship, Captain. Stir the ship. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, the first question that was going on is the person was asking how do they handle drinking when they become a Christian because they believe they can drink wine because and this is what they said because Jesus made wine it's okay for us to drink wine so when you hear that we're going to start with Pastor Ron when you hear that what do you You would start with me huh (laughs) (laughs) well I tell you something man and uh, uh, years ago and I wish I could find it I read a book uh, with a study on the words the Greek and Hebrew words and what they in that culture, I mean, we're, when we refer back to what they drank in the Bible, we're talking about some 2,000 years ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so we have to recognize some of the cultural differences. We see wine, and the Bible actually differentiates throughout the Bible between wine, between strong drink, uh, references mm-hmm. to beer, references to mixed wine, spiced wine, uh, fresh wine. And so... When I began to look at that, I said, well, now we should say wine. We automatically assume, you know, it's got to be the alcoholic content of it. And um, but that's not what was the true with the culture with Jesus. They uh, the Greek word is oyen, O-O-O-I-N-O-Y-I-N, I believe. And they made it with they, their, their definition of wine, the kind that Jesus made in that first miracle at that at the wedding of Canaan was one part grape juice, three parts water. Okay, that is the, the, the historic, that's what it was. They called it throughout the Bible, several places where it talks about fresh wine and uh, Psalms 40, uh, excuse me, I think it's Genesis 40th chapter, verse 11, that talks about fresh wine. It actually shows the process being made in the king's cup, what they called wine, squeezing it, great, taking grapes, squeezing them in the cup, and boom, they had biblical wine. 
Okay, it was not the alcoholic version. There's also a part in Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs, the 29th chapter. I have to look that up, so don't hold me to it. But there's a whole description by Solomon that tells you what form of wine they would avoid. They were being told to avoid. They said, avoid the wine or the grape or the juice, a different term. They said wine was a term used in the, in the King James. They said, avoid it when it sparkles in the cup, when it bubbles like an, like a, act like a snake, because in the end it will bite you. So they, <laughs> they, I'm telling you, they got a whole section in there. They talking about avoid it when it is fermented. Uh-huh. That's what it was referring to. So the Bible in several places, I mean, there's the fresh wine is no fermentation, grape juice, you know, in the cup. Um, there are also the kind Jesus made. Uh, many of the experts and studies of the Bible and the Greek origin word said this was the fresh wine. OK, this was grape juice squeezed in three parts of water to one part grape juice. And that was considered their wine. Now, we also know there was the fermented vine. Everybody knows the story of Noah. How could you get drunk on grape juice? You know that he had a fermented. Mm-hmm. He was the first to ferment it. But if you look throughout the Bible, you will find several cases of what's called spiced wine that was added to get fermentation, mixed wine. Okay, which was which was a variety of wines to again create fermentation and fresh wine. Okay, which is straight grape juice, and so we have to get a little deeper than just making that easy out reference of saying, "Oh, Jesus makes wine." Hey, I tell him do your homework. Okay, if you're going to use the Bible and refer to Jesus, do you? There's much more in the Bible about wine and what Jesus made and what Israelites drank and what God considered acceptable and what he considered not acceptable than just that one reference. That's looking for a way out. So they always going to get, you know, I tell them when they come to me with that conversation, I say, hey, you come to the right tree to get an apple here because uh, you just got to read your book. You got to do your homework. OK, so um, that's my position on that. We got to read deeper than just seeing the word wine and making a presumption, yes. you know, because we're talking about 2000 years ago. We're talking about a different culture and we're talking about a book that has a whole lot more to say about wine than just what Jesus made at the wedding of Cana. Mm-hmm. All right, Minister Andre. Well, let's. I don't want to. I don't want to leave too quick because I want to talk a little bit, um, if, if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, where where Pastor uh, uh, Ron just left off at. So, because now we also know that Paul says that, that a little wine, yes, is good for the stomach. He told that to so, to Timothy. He said, "Take a little wine for your stomach's sake, because you have he has stomach problems. Frequent he, he had frequent illness. Yes, mm-hmm. and so." I, I'm on the end. Now, I, I personally, I don't drink. I've never drunk. That was never something that I had to deal with in life. It was never uh, something that caught my attention nor interest me was drinking or smoking. So I thank God for that. Um, but the other thing with it, too, is I think that we can't forget about the portion when it comes to now, again, we also uh, we know we're not talking about Hennessy and 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 gin and and vodka. We're not talking <laughs> about these hard drinks right now. We're talking about we're talking about wine in whatever form. Because I do think moderation comes into play when it comes uh, to if a Christian. And this is the discussion I want to have. Do we just think Christians should drink wine at all? Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a, a, a segment of Christians that say you should not drink anything that has an alcohol content, be it wine alcohol, beer, whatever the case may be. Um, I am 
my personal standpoint is I think that moderation is the key. I don't drink wine, but if I'm with another family or a Christian and they want to have some wine with their dinner, I'm fine with that. But I also understand we ought to, you know, Paul also letting us know that if, if meat offends my brother, then I just probably should not eat the meat. Um, so there's something that we need to look at when it comes to that as well. So the question that your, your listener uh, posed when it comes to drinking wine, I, I personally don't think, now obviously, if, you, if it's something that's going to control you, if you, if you got to, you know, if it's, if it's something that, that's just a vice from you, it's better for you to stay away from it. And if, you, if there's a Christian around that person and maybe in their own home or when they go out amongst themselves, that family, that husband, that wife likes a little wine with their meal, that's great, but they also have to be, you know, careful with the surroundings and the people that they are around as well. But my personal standpoint, I say, if, if an individual Christian feels that they want to have some wine, for me personally, I don't have a problem with. That. I don't turn my nose up at it or say, "Oh, how could you?" You know, now if you're sipping on some, you know, sipping on something else, then I might <laughs> that you know that's a little bit. <laughs> and, and maybe it's maybe it's ignorant on my part to differentiate differentiate between the two. I don't know. But um, that's it's always an interesting conversation. And Pastor Ron put some some beautiful context to it, and I agree with him uh, on that. But I, but I, again, going back to because when I look at the the context of when Paul was talking about to Timothy, that that was fermented wine. Um, How do you know? Well, mm. I, I, uh, drinking just straight grape juice to be good for your stomach. Mm. Two thousand years ago, that was considered to be. There was a lot of medicines and things. You try. See, it's a difference between trying to put it in context of today's how it developed and evolved today versus Correct. what they did in the biblical context and what they looked at at that time. I mean, these guys were using a lot of natural things, herbs, some trees. You know, we could say the same thing about myrrh, which was simply the rosin from a particular tree that they used as a medicine. So again, mm -hmm. we got to look at the context of the period and the times and not necessarily look at it from today's standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that, then that comes to the, to the next question. I'm sorry. I'm just no worries. Go for it. Uh, so, so the, the four of us on this call, are we saying that a Christian should not drink anything that has an alcoholic content or just strong alcohol? Well, now, me personally, since I've already shot my mouth up on this subject, you see, that's quite of a leap in conclusion. <laughs> Number one, un starts with understanding before you get agreement. OK, so yeah. first we need to understand what the Bible is exactly saying. You see, when people go to that passage in Canaan, they automatically make a presumption and falsely so that we're talking about he made fermented wine. OK, mm -hmm. we need to understand this, the, you know, what's being said and what and the full context of what the Bible says. And then we can draw a conclusion. You know, we can get into the conversation of is it right? Is it wrong? That may get may may vary to personal belief, because, again, I had that conversation with individuals. I said, look, it's alcohol. And a lot of things I said, they got fruit that gets fermented and animals go get drunk off of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I blew me away. I said, you mean they know. When the fruit is, is fermented, when it falls and we'll eat it and they show monkeys and elephants and all them getting drunk. <laughs> now, does that mean we avoid fruit? No, that would be a false. That would be a false equivalency. You know, 
in the same way, there's probably a lot of different varieties of wine, especially today, that have various levels of alcohol and fermentation from it. Now, my, I think the real question in that matter of what we should avoid is like, what do you want to be influenced by? The Bible also says, be not drunk with wine wherein there is the excess or debauchery. Paul, Apostle Paul, he says, well, be drunk by the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, you don't let anything influence your mind. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Okay, let it be the 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 what the Holy Spirit, the influence and impact of the Holy Spirit. So that's my key scripture. It's like, okay, um, I it, what does it bring to my life? What does it contribute to me? Am I drinking it for the pleasure of it? Then I am pursuing the influence that the Bible says to avoid. Okay, if I drink it because I like the flavor, all right. If it has a health benefit to it, then somebody let me know. But the Bible gives a principle that specifically says, don't pursue. Uh, a beverage or anything you consume because of how it affects your life in that way. The buzz, that's the big thing. That's why they, the, the whole battle of high marijuana is the buzz. You know, many of the Christians that try to justify wine drinking, they, they're, they're justifying the buzz. It's not because, oh, mm -hmm. my family is into apple uh, wine. You know, this is level of natural fermentation to it that we just have to tolerate all right there, there's a different justification my thing is the reason why do they pursue it and i think when it gets to the area that a person pursues consuming wine because of the buzz okay let's be real about it then they are mm -hmm. in they're scripturally in violation of the principle the bible says okay don't let anything else uh, uh use anything to try to mellow you out you know, or things of that nature. Now, this can get sticky with wine because the Bible has so much to say about wine. There's even a passage in there talking about the joy in wine. I'm like, okay, by God, are you justifying the buzz now? Because there's a lot of brothers that they want a lot of joy. You know, uh, we have to look at this. We have mm -hmm. to, it, you can't just look at one or two passages on this particular subject and come away with the whole biblical perspective. We got to really dig in that. If I had known we were, if I had known that we were going to have this conversation, <laughs> I sure would have came armed with uh, some passages just to consider, not so much to win, see, but to have an understanding. What all you're getting, get an understanding. So, um, no, I. Right. So let me. So so obviously we know this is a secondary issue. We can we can disagree without you know dividing. No worries. It's a secondary issue. So, but my I'm going back to the question is so so your stance is that for dinner, if you wanted to have a glass of wine or you I don't know do you have a glass of wine, but do you think that Christians shouldn't have a glass of wine with their dinner I, again? moderation i'm not talking about getting drunk and plastered and all that type of stuff but if you enjoy a glass of wine do you, do you think that's something the christian should do well again you talk that's speaking a very large generality that i'm not really willing to step okay. out on okay i okay. speak for myself i right, speak right. for me in terms with other christians i mean the bible says you know like we said uh, uh you know all things are uh, are not beneficial but all things are lawful yeah. unto me so, right. there, you know, there is, I never read in the New Testament where it says sin. What it gives you is wisdom. So I'm not, right. when if the Bible doesn't condemn and say thou shalt not, then I'm not going to condemn and say thou shalt not. Okay. Right. I'm not going to, I take stand, I look at the principles of the Bible and I say, well, what works for me? Okay. Paul makes that very clear. He even talk about Sabbath days. If one person counts one day the same, another, you know, uh, uh, takes all alike, let each be convinced in his own mind. And in that same passage, he also says, look, 
okay, you have the liberty to do this and to do that. Uh, other persons may not eat any meat. Okay, that was the context the Bible says. Um, and like you hit it on the head. Don't offend your brother. Okay, yeah. don't do something. If your brother's offended by it, you know, and, there's, and he doesn't say, hey, he's absolutely wrong. What he does say is, hey, you have the right to consume it unto the Lord as you do. But there are principles that we have to understand. So I'm not going to step out Amen. and say, no, no Christian should ever do this, that, and the other thing. Some may have a higher tolerance. Maybe they don't get a buzz from one glass. I'm a lightweight. Okay, mm -hmm. so I don't like stuff messing with my head. And I know what mm -hmm. what does or doesn't mess with my head. Well, I've seen other brothers down half the bottle with a steak and be perfectly <laughs> fine with it. You know, Amen. so again, mm -hmm. for that brother, it may be just fine. I'm not going to step out and say that and put the judgment on it and say, thou absolutely shalt not you in violation of this and that. Maybe for them, that's what they grew up with. In some cultures, wine is a natural part yeah. of their beverage. I'm not going to put a sin on that, okay? I'm going to go back to what Apostle Paul said and say, hey, you know, you do as you, you drink it as unto the Lord, and it doesn't cause you to violate the principle of not letting it influence your mind and what have you to get the buzz. I think that's the sticky part, not the alcoholic content, but the buzz, mm -hmm. okay? Then, hey, that's on them. But I, I don't think anybody, scripturally speaking, can step out and say in this, you know, new covenant uh context you know that that the bible absolutely says this is not right for you what it does say is don't be don't be you know uh, uh, drunk with wine he said that specifically he mentioned the word drunk okay yeah. which means a level of influence and they were in a battle of uh, of what influences us. He says, look, let your influence come from the Holy Spirit. Let your joy come from the Holy Spirit. Let your buzz come from Jesus. Amen. So that's my position. I mean, for me, that means I that right off the top. If I follow that principle, then I got to be careful what I do drink. You know, what is the yeah. alcoholic content of it? How does it influence me? And I'm a lightweight and a, and, a, and, a, and a dialysis person. So I'm like, hey, right off the top, for me, I'm not going to be drinking nothing that's going to put my health in danger. It's not going to benefit me. And I like thinking. I like clarity. I don't like sure. being buzzed. So, Correct. so I, like I say, in my mm -hmm. mind, that's my position. I don't think we can speak for everybody in that context. This is another one of those, what you do, do as unto the Lord, but have wisdom in what you do so that you don't violate the principle of the Bible. He doesn't give a law on this. He gives a principle. Yeah. And he says, and everything may be lawful, but not everything is beneficial. Beneficial. Yes, sir. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay, Deacon Rob. That was very well said, uh, Pastor Ron. Because my my first intuition is, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Amen. Okay, God because I I can't I can't judge anyone. Also, I do have a problem with people will going into the Word and uh, say tithes and offering. No, I'm not going to pay tithes because that's not what I want to do. But when you see something like Say for the wine thing. Oh well, they done here. Then you doing all your research to benefit you. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes about you, not about what God up, said. To back your position exactly, and, your belief. and so mm -hmm. and so that's why I, I say, and all you're getting get an understanding. Uh, so if I'm at the table, somebody I'm not going to condemn them. Nope. It's like if they question me, I'm just going to say, and all you're getting get an understanding because then you try to define. And break the word down with your intellect. 
what benefits me. Oh, I think I can do this or do that, or I can manipulate. The word is not made to be manipulated. <laughs> you know, Amen. it's not. Amen. It's not made to be manipulated. Uh -huh. It's he said, they that worship me shall worship me in spirit and in truth. The spirit is relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit and God, the Trinity. And the truth is the word of God. So if I don't get an understanding, I'm not going to pick something out of it and then make this whole thing about it. It's just like uh, I'm going to say this, the relationship with Jonathan and David, certain groups use that as a certain kind of affair. And it was just a friendship. You you, you understand what I'm saying? Pastor? I understand. OK, mm -hmm. so my thing is when get all you're getting, get an understanding. So don't try yeah. to. Here, tell somebody, oh, I, I can do this is valid. Look in the word, look in the word. The, the, the Bible also says, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that means we, we are constantly changing <clears throat> the old man. We're pulling out of that old man mindset. You know, it's like we're being saved daily. The flesh has to die. The desires of the flesh. It says, Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's uh -huh. not contending nobody. That's in all you're getting, get an understanding. Understand what that means. So you will see for yourself, because the Bible also talks about my people perish for the lack of knowledge. <laughs> you know? So Straight there's up. a lot. There's a lot. Like you say, Pastor Ron, studying. We uh -huh. we have to study to show ourselves approved. So I can't yep. tell you, I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I can I can say I can't confirm or deny <laughs> that you can do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's what my stand on that is. You know, amen. Well, I'm gonna say this. I know. Oh Lord, no, no, <laughs> hey, we <laughs> gotta go good. deep. We gotta sometimes, yes, especially in a time where they're trying to approve marijuana the way they are, and and they're having the same discussion, but it's not about wine; it's about weed. That right. currently, right, the whole world right. is having this conversation, and they try, and someone try to pro something. They try to draw the sting out of it and say, "Well, you can use it to make rope and, and medicine." And I'm like, "Look, you wouldn't even be discussing the subject if there wasn't a buzz in it. We wouldn't be, it would not be an issue if it was just a plant." I said, "But because of the the intoxicating potential of the plant, that's the only reason why it's a conversation." Now, when it comes to the wine, they have alcoholless, less wine. They mm -hmm. have wine with no alcoholic content. And I said, hey, they was thinking about me. I can enjoy mm -hmm. the flavor without worried about the influence. Because mm -hmm. I'm deadly serious. The more I get my buzz on Jesus, the more I value that particular uh, influence. And I don't want to, I'm not concerned about what would I be drinking if Jesus was sitting at the table with me. <laughs> you know, would I be sitting there trying to justify it with him or explain it to him, or would I go for what I knew did not offend him? You know, and mm -hmm. so I have found I have options in this time. I don't even have to get into the conversation unless I go to somebody's house and they offer it to me. Then I got to explain. I'm sorry, that's not for me. You know, and I don't mm -hmm. want to offend him. You go to certain cultures, they get offended if you reject their hospitality because they mm -hmm. drink it like water. You yeah, know, right. um, but they also have a tolerance that I don't have. They can sit there and, and, you know, drive home and not worry about the police pulling them over and have to explain to the cops, you know, why, why you registered more than 0.08 on your breathalyzer. 
You know, talking about, well, you see, the Bible says, I'm sorry, that's not going to fly. No, right, <laughs> that's not, yeah. I, I want my clarity. Yeah. I love my clarity. I love my thinking. And I am I'm death on anything that influences that to the negative. So I tried for myself, you know, hey, I'll, I'll you know, I'll go the lightweight route, extremely, that's in no zero alcohol content. My sister likes something called Arbor Mist. And when I go over her home, sometime they'll serve that. They buy that just for me. Now I, I tell them that they know where I stand. But you know, and when I have a steak, I'll have a glass of Arbor Mist. But I'm a half a glass person, and that watered down with ice. Amen. I don't. I like the flavor of it. I don't like anything messing with my head. So, and I and experience has taught me where I can, where my line is in the context of trying to be pleasing to my host and not, you know, turn everything down and tell them, "No, thank you. Give me some lemonade." If, but they do respect me now, so they kind of have something non-alcoholic. They tell me right off the top, "Here's the non-alcoholic bottle for you." And I'm like, I appreciate that level of respect. I appreciate that. You know, we don't, we don't have to have, they do what they're going to do because it's, it's their house. But as for me and my house, right. okay, I, I've made up my mind that I'm, I, if I can't serve it to Jesus in, in good faith, I'm not going to partake of it myself. Amen. Can, can, I, can I say one thing, Duran, before you, we go on? Uh, for your uh, for the Christians that's listening and ask this question, there is no condemnation. So no. we're just discussing. We're not condemning or anything. We're just giving um, our godly wisdom on this subject matter. We love Amen. you. God loves you. Uh, and I just wanted to say that. Amen. Mm. Now, see, um, on my stand, see, I fall, see, y'all don't mess me up, but um, I kind of fall where um, Brother Andre is, because I'm like, eh, little wine isn't going to hurt anybody. Now, I won't like their bottle over or anything like that if you're at the table with me, but, you know, just don't serve it to me. And mine is only because I come from a family uh -huh. of um, alcoholics. So I just, um, I don't drink because I know, and I'm just going to, like I said, being transparent, I wouldn't drink one glass of wine. I might drink a bottle or two of wine because it would be my goal to get drunk. I don't drink just to be social. I do drink to get drunk. So I can't mess with alcohol. So I, That's I, wisdom. I tell people that. Um, no, I don't. Yeah, I just... And it's not that I'm, I tell them I'm not being goody goody. I am. I have my Shoot. reasons why like I don't. The heck with them. <laughs> they, I, yeah, my family members hit me with that so much. Oh, you Christians. Oh, that's right. I represent something and we get a buzz off of life. I said, I get hyped. Oh, mm -hmm. you ever had that buzz? I said, you ever hit that? You know, yeah, I said, it's better yeah. than a 40, you know? So y'all ain't shaming me. Yeah. Amen. You know, well, I don't know. Fort, no, I'm playing. And then in the morning when you can't see and your head is but hurting yeah, and, right. and your liver is falling out oh, your nose. Man. See? 
you know, if they don't, um, you know, the enemy don't remind you of those days. He just yeah. reminds you of how yeah. good the taste. And you wake up with an ugly woman. You don't so know how I know. she got. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> right, right, right. I shouldn't. I take that back. No, man. No, and then and then <laughs> your toe up. It's out there now. You can't get it. No. <laughs> Telling you know, off on myself. <laughs> and and you wake up with that hangover, toe up like that, and you call that having a good time. I know. Talk to me. Yeah, Talk yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my vomit on yeah. the pillow give me a break mm. you know so yeah that's uh, I'm I'm like um, it's not yeah and I'm like if, as long as you're not getting the buzz cause once you get the buzz I think it becomes it see, and see and a lot of people right that's there you it. lose them because for them the buzz is the goal <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that's right if they, you know, and, mm-hmm. he, and it got different terms I just want to be mellowed out you know, they got different turns for it. But, you know, you got to think we've had a conversation once about the black community uh, initially in this podcast when it first began and the different influences and, uh, and the challenges of being a black male and some of the worldly influences that impact us. I mean, do we ever still address the issue of why um, when business, it, when we go to the hood or our, our cities that are pr- prominently minority, why a lot of the major stores on every corner is a liquor store? Right. Or a, they, they, we got to look at the, the, the right. big picture. This is a battle. This is a war. And we got to give our people, uh, like, like, uh, like my brother said, they give them the wisdom to fight this war, to know where they're standing. That there's a whole nother level of people that see us and say, hey, well, these guys will drink and smoke and, and not care about that. Let's go ahead and put it in their neighborhood. We can make money off of them. They got whole commercials trying to try recognize, hey, you know, the nicotine people are, are companies mm-hmm. that are making billions of dollars that go after the minorities. The alcoholic right. people tend to promote their product mm-hmm. because they see the weakness in the minority culture. You know, right. and and then we among ourselves, we got to teach our young sons and people. I'm like, don't even, you know, I tell my son, don't even get started, man. I said, get your buzz on health. I said, get you a vitamin buzz, you know, get mm-hmm. you a, a oxygen, you know, even get you a wife and, and wear her out if you have to. Okay, get your. There's <laughs> other ways to get your buzz. <laughs> Right, right. You know, where you will live and then won't be six. Yeah, I know. Okay, forgive me. I'm sorry. Y'all don't got me stirred up. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I got to go, brother. Y'all pray for me. I'm putting my head to the phone right now. (laughs) I'm putting my head on the screen because this is just, I didn't went over the top. I'm so sorry. Good stuff, sir. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's good. It's good. good stuff. Father, good forgive stuff. me. Okay, let me let me catch myself. So basically, no, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Me and my son had real conversations about life, and I mean, we drive down neighborhoods, and sometimes I see a brother, and you could just see the intoxication on him. I say, you see that man? Right. I said, he probably started out, he don't know what gifts he had, what abilities, and uh, what yeah. potential he had, but he lost it in a bottle. I said, right. it's a slippery slope. I said, a lot of people test it and try it. Some get away. Some don't. I said, he didn't get away. I said, now here he is, you know, uh, uh, 30 years old, looking like he's 50 and 60 because he consumed mm-hmm. the years of his life in a bottle. Mm-hmm. What caught him? Right. You know, sometimes it's generational where you got family members and it's been a part of your family and you just are born into a trap. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell my son, is it worth it? I said, you got a sharp mind, you're good looking, you got potential. I said, there's other ways to get a buzz. I said, but those that have no hope, I said, tend to easily fall into these these toxic alcoholic traps that are set for the weak minded. I said, don't be Correct. that individual. I said, yeah. you know, I said, don't don't be a person where you get 50, 60, 70. And now all of a sudden, all your time is spent going to the doctor trying to find another liver, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I said, it's too dangerous. It's a challenge mm-hmm. out there. I said, and there are people that want you to fall into that trap. I said, make your mind early. I told him, I said, look, I learned my lessons with, with toxicity, drugs, and alcohol early. I said, so I could teach them to you and tell you what I went through. And so you don't have to go through that. You don't have to learn that lesson the hard way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. said, there's other ways to get your joy. I said, God has a buzz for you. That is beyond anything anybody can imagine. And it comes with no cost, adds no sorrow. You know, I said, pursue that if anything. I said, debate about that if you want to. Mm -hmm. I said, but let's get it right. Let's see it for what it is. I said, the African-American race has gone through too much to have to repeat for their children to repeat the same errors over and over again. And, you know, and not learn nothing from it. Yes, sir. Pastor Ron, he get all that coaching for free from his dad. <laughs> that's, that's, no, no, that's, that's life, life coaching. That's bloodline coaching. That's what that is. Right. Thank that, you. That ain't no five thousand uh, uh, dollars. What is they call? You come to this this seminar, <laughs> seminar. for five grand, and they show you how to live. Yeah. No, that's hey. that's life coaching, man. From the Tell house. The truth. Tell the truth. I'm gonna write that down, brother. I'm gonna pay you every time I use that phrase. <laughs> but, but one <laughs> thing, one thing they did say in AA is dealing with life on life terms. Most of the the mm. African Americans in the community don't know how to deal with life on life terms. Like, uh, I'll, I'll use, I'll do a little bit of transparency. Coming up without a dad, living in the neighborhood, it was like, okay, you you got to go to jail, you got to hustle, you got to sell drugs, you got to gamble, you got to hang out. I pulled up out of that. I ain't saying I didn't do Amen. it for a minute, but I pulled up out of that. You know, standing right. at, at the liquor store, getting somebody to buy you a drink and going to mm. school and all like that. Well, those are the things not dealing with life on life turn. That's emotional things. Pastor Ron, that's what you teach in your class, you know, Amen. to pull those things up out of you and how to, how to learn how to live because that's self-medication. That, that, that's truth. what that is. It's self-medicate. Okay, now I can go around people with a little bit of buzz on, or I can mm. I can talk now, or I can I can be out and talk to a girl, or hang around my friends, or I have a voice in a conversation which might not make a lick of sense because you're slurring. <laughs> you mm. know, mm. you know, mm. it's right. the alcohol <laughs> talking. It's not you, and yes. so that's why I say, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. When, when, when I when, when I'm telling you, my mind was so clogged when it when it got the cleanest sober, man. My mind was like a sponge. I wanted to learn everything. You know, I wanted mm, to talk right. to people. I wanted to fellowship. So God has put me in a place now where I talk to people that don't look like me on another level, and I'm still working with my vocabulary. You know, Amen. not not using the uh, the bonics like finna. What? <laughs> I'm finna. You, you. Uh, see, uh, so uh, thank God for helping me because my wife is correcting me. If you're gonna be in that, if you're gonna be in that arena, you're gonna have to learn how to change your vocabulary. I received that. 
Okay. Amen. And that's what I practice on. But it's well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna attest to the fact that, brother, you have arrived because you you present yourself well. I, thank you. But it it goes to not dealing with life on life's terms. Yes. You know, and and that's that's it. It's it's feeling that you have to do that to be a part. That's it's not your life. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to receive that. And and that's what that is. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm hey. Amen. But that's real. That's real, you know. Amen. I always think in terms that we have to also remember we're 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 representatives of somebody. Mm-hmm. You see, we are influence, we're role models for somebody. Yeah, you know, and and that comes back to that scripture that says, "Don't you know, put a stumbling block in your brother's way." And they should say, "Are your son's way, or your uncle, or your cousin, or right. whoever?" You know, and because uh, we we all we we are one another's keeper to some degree, yeah. and um, and, and when I think about that, I am an African American, you know, I'm a black man, and that I look at the condition of other black men. I mean, I got a big family with terms of relatives and I, and man, hardly a year goes by that somebody doesn't fall into the bottle, you mm-hmm. know, losing their kids. And because so-and-so got drunk or the, this, 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 the state came and took their children or, and this mm-hmm. and that. And I, and then all of a sudden the rest of the family has to try to adjust because they try to rescue those kids out of the system. And these kids don't have their father. This person don't live with their mother because the mother's on, you know, is, is in a program and which is a good thing. You know, because having enough life to be able to go and get help and recognize that you need it, you know, it is always a good growing thing, you know, but how it shifts all the family members out of place trying to accommodate for your bloodline, the needs of your bloodline. And yeah. I recognize that. I said, man, I mean, it's not just about what our right is per se. You know, my right might cause somebody else to get left. Yeah. You know, yeah. And mm-hmm. and, um, and so I recognize that in my family. I mean, they heard Pastor Ron, and I tell you know, uh, uh, drinks, you know, X X Y Z, you know, a uh, uh, beverage or wine or what have you, and all of a sudden they'll say, "Well, that means it, my means okay for my uh for me to kill this forty, you know, or what have you." They got their own little thinking, you know what I'm saying? You know, alcohol mm-hmm. is alcohol, and so um, I, I'm conscious of that that they watch what I do and they try to see the benefits of my life, and I go, "Well." You know, I want to let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. I want it to be in them as well. And so I want to be careful. I'm not going to exercise my right to consume certain levels of alcoholic beverage and get all technical with it when I know it's going to cause them to fall into other levels and be in a trap. And then my whole family has to shift trying to rescue and stop the fallout. The fallout of lost kids in the system are, 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 you know, I've seen friends of mine. One of them was on a bus. I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I knew him when he was younger. And I knew I knew I was there when his brother started him drinking. And he threw up for the first time. And he's act like, oh, yeah, no, man, it happens, man. He's got to get control. Well, I saw him on the bus decades later, and he was gone. I looked at him, and I said, man, he was leaving a meeting trying to deal with his alcoholism. And I said, all these years, he fell into the bottle, and his brother died from high blood pressure, you know. And then I saw another one just got out of jail, and you can look in his eyes, you know, you can look in their eyes, and you can tell they don't have that mind that's in Christ Jesus. 
Right. And I saw him, and he first thing he asked me, mm-hmm. he called me Ronnie back then, you know. And they knew I was a nerd, and I was, you know, Lord kept me from a lot of stuff back in the day. So, um, and they knew, and I used to get teased about it, you know, the goody two shoes quote. But and he sees me on the bus, and I'm coming from my job, my eight to five state uh, uh, benefits having job, and this brother just <laughs> got out of jail. <laughs> okay, and he first thing he wants ask me, hey Ronnie man, what church you go to? Amen. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Lord have mercy. I'm thankful, Lord God, you kept me out of that bottle. Yeah, I was the one that had to drive people home to make sure they got home safe when they were drunk. Right. So I was watching out for them, and all that time the Lord God was watching out for me. So hindsight being 2020. Hey, I'm I'm not a fan of the bottle because I see the trap. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. No, this is good. This is good. This is good. It's a great, great way to end the year. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, Praise God for the end of this year. Right. You know. New Year's coming up. This is a good I time. know. I know, bro. Oh, Lord. I know, man. You're so right. Mm-hmm. The, it continues. So, I mean, you know, yeah. the battle continues. Mm-hmm. It's just more. It's, I just wish more people knew what was at stake and yep. stopped looking at the me, my, my own perspective right. and realize that as humans, we're all networked together. And what mm-hmm. you introduce mm-hmm. into the network on one end eventually will spread to the other. Right. Right. Now the next, uh, no, wait, 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 uh, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> they was asking about friends. Do they have to give up certain friends for them to grow in the Lord? And we're going to start with uh, Minister. Oh, amen, Ron, amen, Minister um, Andre. I'm sorry, Mr. Andre. Hello. I think um oh, I think we lost them. Okay. All right, well, we're uh, going to start with Rob. Bible's talk we'll about don't let your good be evil spoken of. I believe that's one. And then uh there's a right association because the thing is wherever you strong in one area and who you're around stronger weak the stronger is going to pull the weak like it says the the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. So it all depends on who you're around that's strengthened. If there's more strength than your friends that's in the world, you're going to lean to that direction. If your friends are more stronger in the word, you're going to lean to that direction. And so that's what the word says. So do you have to give up your friends? I would say no, but you have to understand that you there's time when you have to spend your time with God and keep building yourself up because you 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 are to lead them to Christ. That's because we we got to remember we're not our own, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of believers forget. We're not our own. Say that if if you're if you're if you're getting up, it's like I know when God is calling me to come worship. I know when He's calling me to come pray. But does do, do I uh, uh, get a great uh, holier than thou attitude and not talk to a sinner or be around? One of uh one of my old friends, one of my old friends just called me the other day. I went to high school with. Hey, what's going on? 
uh, you know, they, they call me Slick Rick. And then don't ask me why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I say, hey, man, how you doing? He said, all right. I said, he just turned 64. I told him, what you do to your birthday? Okay. He said, well, I just go to the casino. I say, well, I'm going to bring you. I said, told him, I'm going to come down there and get you and bring you up to my church. He, he said, he's sick. He can't do that. But I thought you you went to the casino. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what kind of sick are you? Right, right. I right. mean, or, or is it more of an embarrassment? I don't know. I didn't even go further. I said, well, you know, I, I'll keep you in prayer. And so does those friendships deteriorate? You're going to always have a friend that's not in ministry. You don't ostracize them or put them down or make them uh, <clears throat> you have to get rid of them. No, you, because think about this. When you graduate with people, everybody move different locations or do different things. Okay. But if you, if you have a friend, you see him, you go flying somewhere, you see him on the fly. Hey, that's still my friend. You, you understand what I'm saying? You don't have yeah. to give, you're not giving them up. They're still your friend. Well, call me sometime. Okay. I'll call you, see how you doing. Mm-hmm. So he has my, he texts me from time to time. I text him, you know? And so what really hurt me, and I'm going I'm to let that go, and I hope this is answering your question. I don't think you have to. I think there's an association where you have to draw a line to say what that. you will do and won't do. One of my friends was in elementary school all the way up to, to the 10th, 11th grade. I went to a different high school. We kept in touch, uh, and I was at work, and he texted me one time. He know he emailed he emailed me on Facebook. I said, "Hey man, how you doing?" He said, "Doing all right." And then they used to call me Tailback Rick. <laughs> so don't ask me about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so he texted me something, man. He on Facebook. He sent me a picture that wasn't appropriate. I'm like, man, I'm at work. So I cut it off. I say, man, I can't look at. This. Anyway, and so I hadn't heard from him from years, and so I, I, I was looking on the Facebook. I said, "Let me see how he's doing." Kind of find out, man. He had he had he had died two years earlier. Mm. That kind of hurt my heart, <clears throat> man, because the simple fact we had been friends from elementary school. We fought, you know. We we went to I went to his house every day and picked him up. We used to walk to football practice. We did everything together. We talked about our mamas. You know, we played, we did all of this, right. man. Mm-hmm. And he was still my friend. And when he, when I found out he had died, he had died two years. That, that hurt my heart because it's like, oh man, I would have went to his funeral. But the thing is, do you have to let you, I think you're going to always have your friends. It's just that line, what you, how you live and how you, how you live then you don't live now when you're in Christ because you're not your own. You're not, we've been bought with a price. Jesus ain't ain't just bought us and died for us and we come over to the faith and then all of a sudden, oh, I don't want to play no more. It ain't no, no, I'm in it. I'm in it for life. And so that is my life. And so I will let my family, my family know that my friend, that's my life. So I can't, I don't think you should give up your friends. I think there should be an understanding of knowing who you are. And so when you're the strong will follow who's ever the strength is, that's who they will follow. But you can't say I'm a believer and you go kicking it with your friends. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that, that is a bad witness because the first thing they say, well, that's why I ain't saved. Look at them. They go to church and they still doing the same thing. So how can that be a good witness for Christ? Anyway, I hope that answered your question. 
Right. Yep. And uh, well, we're gonna go to uh, Minister Andre also on this, and the reason why is because um, um, this is before you we you had um fell uh-huh. off the call there, but yes, um, I'm glad you're back. But the question was, do you have to give up your friends uh, when you become a Christian? You know, going down. But one of the things that um, Minister Andre does is has this Friday night Zoom. And I was telling them the other day, I said, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I saw people from back in the day on there. And um, and in my head, it's like, <laughs> now, I know they ain't going to church because, you know, I remember a few of them. Um, and I had to have to ask Minister Andre. I said, how did you get them on there? And um, when he gave me his answer, I was like, I never looked at it that way. But um, go ahead, Minister Andre, on, on that. Well, because I, I know that you didn't, uh, you didn't drop the friends, yeah. but you look at them, you you handle Correct. them different. Now, now, many times, I mean, when we become saved, it's not so much that we drop friends; it's the Bible that's the offense. It's our lifestyle that's living a epistle that is yes. offense to everybody yes. else. And many times, mm-hmm. they walk away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I don't believe. I do believe. Um, a lot of what what um, what Rod said is so 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 true, um, because we are called to be that light. We are called to be witness. We are called to to evangelize. We're you know, and, and how can we do that if we're not around certain individuals? And we, and we all know Christ's story when it, as far as who we hung around with, so we understand that uh, uh, plain plainly. But also, we have to be careful. Because we also know that bad morals Amen. corrupt yeah. good Amen. Yeah. And 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 I I, I love the the story of, of Solomon's witness because Solomon, who started off as a promise keeper, one who loved the Lord, one who had honest motives and intentions to to please God with his request, allowed influences from the pagans, from the from the sinners, from the outside world, for the ones who love other things to come in. And, and and just mess him up, mess him up tremendously. That's me, man. Well, it, it, I got a sweater, man. It knocked out. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So so the so the wisdom is, I mean, for and again, this is just my, uh-huh. my personal. This is me personal. Uh-huh. How God has wired me. I, I'm relational. And and being relational, I'm also I'm authentic. I am who I am, and I don't I don't try to be someone that I am not in or outside Amen. of the church walls. You know, I I, I don't I'm not trying to be a, a, a mini me of anybody's pastor Amen. or my own pastor. I'm not Amen. trying to preach like him or her. I'm not trying to be a what I see on TV, even in in, 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 yes. in Christianity. I'm just yes. who I am. So that authenticity, that um, that authentic lifestyle and uh, authenticity from the brothers in the past, when they know that my lifestyle, I'm not that DJ no more. I'm not that rapper. You know, I'm not the one driving this car or or doing the things that I used mm-hmm. to do back when. When they come back into your circle, when they see you and they talk to you, that not so much what you say, but it's, it's how you live. It's yes. what you show them. Because they are searching for something. They're searching mm-hmm. for authenticity. 
and and when and, and we know it, when it, when the term game recognized game or real yeah. recognized real. So one thing that you can't put over on somebody from the streets, you can't put over an act and be phony yes. because they can see through that. Many Christians, I, I, look, I, I say so many times, men, so many Christians deserve to, uh, Tony Award winning uh, uh, awards, <laughs> Emmy winning, because they act so well. They put on this Amen. act in this front. You know, and it's, and that's, it's, and it's just that's not, good. It's not yeah. weird. You know, and it's just be mm-hmm. who, who you are. And I, I say this. When, when Saul became Paul, Saul was still had that energy, yes. that passion, that mm-hmm. zeal, that zest as he was when mm-hmm. he persecuted Christians. He had that same zeal and passion when he became Paul as far as spreading the Amen. gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. God, did, God didn't mm-hmm. change who he was. He just changed the yes. thing that he was playing mm-hmm. for. So Paul was, was still Paul in, in mm-hmm. essence of, of how he was in his nature. So individuals, I believe that when mm-hmm. they see that in us, that we that, we, we that same cat, mm-hmm. but we live a different way. If I, hey, if I like to laugh and joke, I'm going to laugh and joke with you, but it's still going to be, but the content is going to be different. But I still got a sense of humor. Amen. I don't lose yeah. my sense of humor, you know, because I got saved. But now I may think certain things mm-hmm. are not funny anymore. But I still got a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, I still enjoy. We can go watch movies. I enjoy movies. Yes, but amen. Amen. I can't go see. You know, I, I hey, music was something yeah. that's my passion from back in the day. But there's certain type of music that I I don't only listen to amen. just Christian music. You know what I'm saying? When I'm with you, brother, if I'm with somebody and say, man, you want to listen to some R&B? Yeah. I'm good with that. You know, if you want to listen to some jazz, I'm good with it. It, it kind of goes back mm-hmm. to the wine thing. You know? But when we get into the the type mm-hmm. of R&B or, or whatever the case may be, now that that's what the discussion is. That's where we draw the line at. Or the type of movie is where we can draw the line at. But we can, if, 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 if you want, if I'm driving with you in my car, I might put on some good old, you know, Good old R and B or some jazz or whatever, and it's man, you you listen to that? Yeah, bro, I still listen to you know certain certain music. Yeah, I still listen to it. I'm not gonna just try to kill you with Kurt Franklin or overwhelm you with Jim James Cleveland or whatever the case may be, or you know some Shirley Caesar. No, I can, we can yeah. go deeper than that. I can have genres in my mm-hmm. music still, you know. So I think I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking in circles, Teron. I'm talking in circles. Mm-hmm. But I just think that individuals, the authenticity <laughs> of your lifestyle, again, and I've said this before on this call, the best sermon that we could ever preach yes. is a life well lived, a consistent yeah. life. And I think that will draw people, not unto us, but unto Christ through our lifestyle. We are the living epistles. We are the ones who take the scriptures yeah. from the paper and from the page Amen. and we bring yes. it to life. You know, so what we have to be, what 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 Deke said is, we do have to be in those circles and in those environments if we are mature yes. enough to be in those mm-hmm. circles and those environments. And maturity has a lot of a lot to do with that as well, because some of us we mm-hmm. ain't ready to go back to the hood, we ain't ready to go back into the dope mm-hmm. house that we came out of. Some yeah. people are. God has yeah. delivered them from that, and who better? To be a, a, a drug counselor or a witness to some, to some some to some drug heads or for somebody that's from that background, I ain't never been on drugs before, so therefore I don't understand everything that they go through and the battle and the struggle. 
But that brother and sister who came out of that lifestyle, if they're mature enough to go back in there to win some souls or to make an impact, boom, yeah. that's where they need to go. Some people don't need to go back to the neighborhood. Some of them need, some people just need to throw away the old black book. You know, I need I, I ain't ready, I ain't trying to go back to Egypt because if I go back to Egypt, mm. I know what's gonna happen. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. there are come a time that if the Lord has called us to a certain field yes. when we're ready, that yes. we do need to go back. And again, just to go back to the friend thing, I do believe that again, because since the since the Bible's the, the is an offense, the, the word of God is an offense, and our lifestyle being in line with that will, will offend a lot of people. It's not so much us leaving them, but mm. them leaving us. You know, uh, so. Pastor, I just, you, said, mm. you said something I use all the time. <laughs> you said that cat. <laughs> I use that word <laughs> all the time. I'm, well, you know, sometimes I might even drop a finner once in a while. Finner, I might drop a finner once in a while. A fit too, a fit too. I, I use that word a lot. Man. You know, that's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, man, what's the question? Pastor Ron, with you. The question, um, how, did you end up having, well, with, you know, dropping friends? Well, it, it does happen in, in, you know, in you Christian life when you're growing. I mean, for me, you know, the Lord God called me to be a leader. And one of the things that I discovered by life experience was that, you know, it, somebody said it to me. Now I understand it, that sparrows fly in a pack, eagles fly alone. Mm-hmm. And I began, I didn't know what that meant for a long time, but the higher you try to go in the Lord, the fewer there are the people that actually go there with you. And um, so I had to learn that, you know, and I was always kind of an outsider kind of a guy. I, I was, I, I always, you know, had my season of not quite fitting in with everybody. So I didn't always run with the pack. And I was, you know, always teased about that. Uh, they, I guess a lot of them would, I had friends that watched out for me, that protected me. They'd be the first to speak up and say, oh, he's not into that, you know. And But on the same hand, I was excluded from a lot of circles because I didn't quite fit in. Now I know why, you know, in, in my own experience. Um, as I got into things like deliverance, as I got into trying to, fit in the prophetic circle trying to get those things those benefits that that the bible seems to say is available to all christians and trying to find out i found out what the bible actually says when it says count up the cost and the cost many times is Mm -hmm. friendship Mm -hmm. because not everybody's trying to go there with you you know they said the eagles say he who flies high as flies alone and i found out the more i pressed into the things of god the less there were friends who were willing to associate with me on that level. So I, I learned to have a two-tier mm-hmm. system. I have a I have first shelf friends and second shelf friends. You know how things on the shelf, first shelf is stuff you get all the time that you can easily reach because you use it on a regular basis. And then you have the second shelf friends, shelf, second shelf, which is more for storage. That stuff you may not reach that long. So I have, I call them all my friends. I, I, I like one brother said, I forgot who it was. Um, you know, I, I don't reject anybody. I'm always their friend. But as far as association, spending time with and having them in my ear, their words in my ear or my heart, you know, I reserve that for first shelf friends, people I can talk to. And I don't have to hear a bunch of, 
you know, F this and MF that and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. I, I you know, I'm, I'm careful about what I had resonates in my spirit. You know, I have a lot of them that we can hang around. I can go out and have lunch with, dinner with. And I know we see eye to eye on certain things in terms of Jesus could be sitting at the table and we wouldn't have to be cringing or ducking or nothing like that. You know, mm-hmm. and those are my first shelf friends. Once I could talk to on a weekly basis and I know I'm going to get a real conversation that's not going to offend my Christianity. Uh, then I have those second shelf friends. And those are the ones that I said, okay, I got to back off from them. They were the ones that always want to challenge you, your faith, your positions. Those are the ones that look for more of an argument and a debate than they do with an, un- an understanding and an agreement, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, I've started to recognize that. I say, well, you know, they, they are where they are. That's where they are in life. But they don't bring any edification to me. I gain nothing from that fellowship except the temptation to go back to where I used to be, an argumentative, debative person. And mm-hmm. so I, those I had to sit on the second shelf. And I have had those that, you know, I said, for the sake of maintaining what friendship we had, I had to sit them on the second shelf. I said, we just were not going to really be able to regular comfortably interact with one another because where they were and where I'm trying to go, okay, was in conflict one with another. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's very biblical. You know, you got to careful, you know, associate, is it bad associations, corrupt manners? And for what I was trying yeah. to become, what I what I wanted to be, the price for be, for me to pay was to cut loose some of the associations that I had and put them on the second shelf. I see them, I hug them, I love on them, I give them my phone number, you know, relatives like that as well, you know, those that that I love, but I can't talk to them on a regular basis with where they are. And, and and bumps into conflict to where I'm trying to be, and uh, and and I just think again, you have to you have to consider that hey, Jesus, the Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm thinking, would I be comfortable in this conversation or this atmosphere, this environment, if Jesus was here with me, or would I be ashamed? And that's my perspective that I think about many times. You know, there are those I pour into. There are those that they call me. I come running to minister to them, to pray for them, to or just mm-hmm. let them vent. Some of them just want to vent. And I got those in my life sometimes, you know, and you want to be careful besides those that sincerely want to vent and those that regularly dump their garbage in your ear and in your heart. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I'm learning mm-hmm. to make differences because I'm trying to run with the eagles. I'm trying, brother. If nothing else, I stand before the Lord God. You know, I'll be able to say, Lord God, I was trying. You know, I didn't reject nobody. I didn't throw nobody away. I didn't I didn't judge nobody, you know. But when it came down to what, who was at access to my heart, who was able to speak into my life, who was able to have influence with me, or who's, you know, who's, who's you know, and those verses who just wanted to dump garbage in my heart and in my ear, you know. I I made the I paid the price, you know. I I had those that I hey I just see them on Facebook and, and that's it, and you know. And then I got those that hey they can come by the house anytime we can talk and they know they have an open door because I trust that their fellowship is not going to defile me or set me back or tempt me to be what I used to be and not 
push me forward to what I'm trying to be. Amen. Right. Now, this is where I find my issues at is not um, not too much with friends because my friends know where I'm coming from. It, it, um, it takes TJ. He'll he'll tell you we TJ and I'll run to a store and we'll see one of my old friends, and um, they'll go up to TJ. Yeah, you know your dad's an OG and he's this. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, 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 let let me tell him the story because y'all might mm-hmm. y'all might tell him the parts I don't want him to know. Um, you know, but um. But even then, they got that respect for me. You know, they don't go too far. They know where I've, you know, where I'm at, where I've came from. But the ones that I find, uh-huh. yep, the most challenging uh-huh. is family members. Because I love my brother. Oh man, I love my brother. When him and I talk, uh, we we try not to stay on the phone too long. But him and I can talk for two or three hours. But that boy got a mouth on him and it's like every other word is a cuss word and I'm like is he doing this just to test mm-hmm. me to see if I'm going to say something or is he just trying me and my dad is the same way and it's like oh my goodness are they just are they testing me are, are, they, are they trying to take me there and you know it's kind of like they'll say stuff and part of me is like, man, I, I can't talk to these dudes no more. But they're family. So I find it really like, mm, this is working on me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's like, um, yeah, that's where I have found mm. the most challenging part was with family. And um, not just with, um, you know, their their thing is the cussing and everything, but just ch- challenging me it's like it's not gonna be just a um you know i i remember one time we had a conversation and my dad said yeah well the bible is the same book that they use to um to keep slaves in place and i was like you do know mm-hmm. there's people who mm-hmm. interpret it any way they want to you know and so, no, you can't use that excuse with me to try to make the Bible a bad book. But it was just like, he's going to challenge me. And I, I find that, like I said, that that has been my hardest part is when it comes to family. Because I, I even have to stay away from Facebook because I got mm. family who will say stuff and then they'll tell, ask me, well, what do you think? And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you don't want to know what I really think. <laughs> you you just trying to start an argument with me, you know. I I I, I fell for that right. before. I'm not falling for it again. So, um, that is my hard part, and I know. But like I said, with friends, it, it was weird. My friends are just like, mm-hmm. "Yep, he's not a part of that anymore." It was like they they took it as, um, "We're not going to pull you back into it." More than my family. And that, well, that hey, this is the stuff me. that the Bible even tells you uh, yeah. about, you know. I mean, so, you think about think about Jesus. Let's let's go to our, our base group. You know, mm-hmm. when he would speak, thousands of people would come out, you know. Mm-hmm. 
the Bible says that he trained 72 of them. Yeah. Then the Bible says he actually picked 12 of them. But then mm-hmm. when he would go on pray, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, on the mountain, he only took three of them. Right. When his most int- more intimate he got with his God, the less were people that can hang out with him. Yes. You yeah. know, so th- there's a cost that comes. The higher you go, the more alone you got to mm-hmm. be prepared to be. Yeah. You know, are you going to hang with the pigeons? Or are you going to hang with the eagles? It, you know, mm-hmm. it, and there's very few. Yeah. And so the, the real question many times in, in the friendship issue is, well, how far do you, especially the Christians, how far do you want to go with the Lord? Because not everybody's going to want to go to the deep places with you. Not everybody wants to do that. If you can mm-hmm. be a Christian, they'll love on you when you first come in. You're a sinner and everybody wants to, you know, give you something and hug on you and love you and call your name and check on you. How you doing? Well, we didn't see you this Sunday, you know, and, and when you're a sinner, then you start to grow. As you start to be get a little title behind your name, a little maturity in your spirit, you find that less and less people um, want to associate with you on a level like they used to. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you start getting into less deeper things of Christianity, you know, it's one thing to be a church member. It's another thing you get into the prophetic. And now you got people that are going to be uncomfortable around your presence. God telling, whispering their business in your ear. <laughs> you know, and then you start getting to deliverance ministry. Oh Lord, you got weird on him now. You know, he's into casting out devils, and now mm-hmm. you're gonna have another group of people that aren't gonna be they're gonna want to challenge you and question you and cut themselves apart because it's it's a it's a it's a human truth that mm-hmm. the deeper you go in the Lord, the fewer there are that want to go there with you. You know, it's like it's like with, with Moses when he went on that mountain and spent 40 days with the Lord God to get the Ten Commandments. Only one person was trying to hang with him, and that was Joshua. He can only hang on the side of the mountain. You know, everybody else was down at the bottom saying Moses is dead. You know, and uh, the, the ones that you read in the Bible, they didn't hang out in groups and crowds. The, the individuals, the prophets, the leaders many times did not hang out in groups because not that many people want to go that deep, want to pay the price, pay the cost, you know? So, I mean, there are individuals that, Hey, maybe they're just that, you know, uh, one coin talent or what have you, God given their life and they can hang out with the one, uh, uh, one talent people. You know what I'm trying to say? And then there are those that have a little bit more on them, the three talent individuals and there's just the five talent mm. individuals for that matter that God has entrusted them with, but that comes at a cost. We have to understand there is a cost. You won't be able to go to everybody's fellowship dinner mm-hmm. the deeper you go mm-hmm. with the Lord God. And, and whether you say anything or not, some of them will just find a way to find fault with you and challenge mm-hmm. you and things of that nature, uh, trying to test to see if you, if, if you really got what you say you have. Amen. So, uh, I mean, they have to understand it's not just a matter of just us making a choice. It's the natural consequence of growing intimacy with the Lord God that mm-hmm. you, if you're going to hang with the eagles, you're going to find yourself flying alone a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Right, because um, I know uh, I was talking to Pastor T um, the other day. And we start laughing because uh, we were talking about uh, some things that were going on. And, you know, and then he said, man, 
we got to get to um we got to get together for lunch. We haven't had lunch in a while. And I was like, I know this is crazy. And he said, wait a minute. He said, we haven't had lunch since. And he said, not just lunch. We yeah. haven't seen each other since September, since we got back from Chicago. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's only been. And then we thought about it. It's November. And it, I was like, wait a minute. That's crazy. Because. I have found that the people that I want to spend time with or hang out with just for just for mm-hmm. a couple of hours, we're all busy with our ministries. And so finding time, it's like like when I go down to Vallejo, it's like, okay, now Brother Andre's uh, you know, he's down that way. But there's times where if I'm down there, I know he's busy with something, or we'll talk about it. He's busy with something, and I'm like, man, you know, okay, you know, no problem, Mm because I understand that we all have a ministry, but it's like that, the people you want to hang out with, like you said, it's, it, Uh you got to really make time for it, because it's few and far in between. And like I said, when and we Mm-mm. Rod knows because Rod was at Chicago. Now it's time us. to prepare to go again. Each other <laughs> since <laughs> September, <laughs> right? It, 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 exactly, and that's we'll our first conversation is going. Oh, are we ready for Chicago next year? And that that's what it's kind of like. It's like. um because Pastor Tina, I was like, okay, we got to do lunch. We're going to have to figure it out. And we were talking to Deacon Joe. And I was like, well, you know, I want everybody who's on the podcast, I want all of us to get together. But with the holidays coming up, and then, like I said, we all have our ministries that's going on. Man, I, I didn't realize. It know, can be, bro. Truly, it can be. And, and 2020 don't count because 2020 was a jacked up year for friends, okay? <laughs> now I can't meet with people unless they wrapped in bubble wrap and sprayed with Lysol. Yeah, right. No. I'm like, <laughs> oh man. I mean, really, people come to your door trying to visit, and you're like, here, put this bubble wrap on. Let me spray with Lysol. My mama be talking about, son, it's me. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, you got the virus, the corona. <laughs> this is not normal year, so you can't, you know. Right. You know, yeah. it's. Amen. It's, uh, it's 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 been a, a wild year, but I know um, this this is the best I think a good podcast. Like Rod said earlier, to end out the year, and I appreciate y'all because uh, um, I wanted to take some time off for the holidays because I know a lot of people are busy with the holidays. I'm one of them. It's my work schedule and my holiday schedule is just crazy right now. So it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to enjoy mm-hmm. my Saturdays and take advantage of them. So that's what I'm gonna be doing and um trying to get down and visit <laughs> some brothers Amen. down in Vallejo, Andre, um <laughs> and Elder and Elder T, you know, get down there a couple of times and visit them. Hey. And then uh, up here, you know, Pastor Ron, you already know hey. we got our reservation at um stagecoach. And so and Rod and then we we did you know, with Pastor T and Deacon Joe, we definitely getting together. 
And um, so you I know, appreciate I, I, I this. I do have um, a, a Rod, couple of parting words for the, for the listeners uh, that ask these questions. You know, I'm just going to say there is a Nicodemus watching all of us. Mm. So how do you want your life to show that they're at Nicodemus? Are they going to ask you questions why or ask you questions how? How to become a believer or why you do this as a believer? So our life, like uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Andre was saying, has to be exemplatory for that for those individuals. And like I said, once again, there's no condemnation. We're giving you what you ask for, question, answers to questions. You know, um, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I don't have anything else. I just thank God for this this year. And I, oh, one more thing. I think this was a year of preparation for the believers. Because the thing about it is everybody in the world that lives in the world say, how, what it, how are we going to get back to normal? Our normal is what we're doing now. We pray, we study the word, we fellowship, and we witness. That's our normal. God is mm-hmm. going to make preparations for everything else. We just have to stay focused on what we're doing. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask this quick question. And I'm going to, um, um, with Minister Andre, we're going to have him answer this. Uh, but do you do you think People's issue with Chris with becoming a Christian is That's a good one. They want to fit in. There. Because you know, we all want to fit in one way or another. But do you think that's probably why the people question the way that they do or have the issues that they have? Well, I mean, you're talking about fit in as far as if I become a Christian, I won't fit in anymore, quote unquote. Yeah, with with society, with the secular world, with I, mean, I think that, society, that, with society. I mean, that could be true for some. Um, I don't think that's a, a you know a, a dogmatic answer that that's that's going to uh, fit everybody. That could fit for some. I, I just truly believe also for some is because some of us as Christians live so mm-hmm. many raggedy lives. Many of them say, well, I can still, yes, I, I might as yes. well just stay in the streets and do, mm-hmm. and do this mm-hmm. because what's the difference? Um, that's my personal thing. Yeah, there could be some that's saying, yeah, I, I, I don't want to become a Christian because now I, I, I just got to throw away everything that I ever know. And then my life has to be different based off what I hear. And I'm going to be square. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a sucker <laughs> and I'm going to become a punk yeah. and all that type of stuff. And, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's yeah. the picture mm-hmm. that Christianity paints. But mm-hmm. that's things, again, you're going to be who you are. God's going to change the team that you play for. But whatever he, whoever you are, yes. you're still going to be that person. But your focus has changed. Your, 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 mm-hmm. your passion changes. But you're going to be you. And I think that's the thing that many in the new converts need to understand nobody's trying to turn you into something that you're not as far as how God has designed you and wired you mm-hmm. that's never going to change you know you're just going to change what team you you know your, your dance partner is going to change and, and the other part of it like I say before I mean for many of them mm. we're so inconsistent with our with our lives I mean think about it and I know we're going over 
if I'm on the outside looking in as a, a non-believer, a new convert, mm-hmm. I'm confused as heck. You got you got how many right. denominations y'all got out there? And, and, and they mm-hmm. believe this and you believe that. And I'm hearing this from them and them from them. And then I turn on the TV and then all the wild stuff that's going on with the TV. And what's the difference between you and the white evangelicals who support President Trump? Ain't y'all all Christians? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, let me so right, I mean, without right. getting too deep in right, right. We we we're so far off base, in my opinion, as a 21st century church in America, and I ain't just talking about the mm-hmm. world, I just leave it in America, that I would be confused right now. If there was no mm-hmm. level of maturity in my life. Sure. I heard that. Now, Pastor Ron. Okay, now this I when we was just thinking about I was just thinking about this. This is my in year story that I'm gonna talk talk to you about about you. So, Pastor Ron, he used to go to our church, South Sacramento Christian Center, <laughs> and you never seen Pastor Ron get upset or anything. He was just like, "This is the guy you can go to for anything and ask him a question." So I do day, already. One of our deacons, <laughs> and Pastor Ron's gonna remember this. Oh man! <laughs> oh, you want me to tell a story now, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna let you take it from there. Well, well, I'm not sure what 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 the point to be drawn from it, but I can tell you the story. Uh, one of the deacons uh, came to me in uh, Fourier where before before between services and was talking about something he said it was in the Bible that the Bible says that um oh man what was it he was saying the Bible says that Solomon had a genie and uh and my my hair almost came off I said <laughs> I said where in the world I said you know Bible say nothing about Solomon having no genius. Where you get that from? And he's talking about. I read that. And he, then he gonna try to pull a book out of his behind of the Bible to say that where it's like like he guessing. I I wouldn't know what it was. He was saying Leviticus. I said, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I said Leviticus was written a thousand years before Solomon existed. I said, and nowhere in the book of Leviticus to say Solomon had a genie. Oh yes, it does. I said, look. I said, you reading the Quran, aren't you? I said, you reading the Quran? I said, now you going around the church trying to spread that? I said, you don't. If you go around spreading these kind of lies at the church while I'm here, I said, I'm gonna call you out. I said, mm. you're not gonna be coming around the place where I'm mm-hmm. teaching the word of God and start start making up these lies and try to carry it off like nobody gonna call you on it. I said, it's not true, but it's not biblical. It's heresy. I said, if I hear you spreading it, I'm gonna call you mm-hmm. out from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And. Um, mm-hmm. I, man, <laughs> my blood pressure was up. I, I probably could handle it no. better. And because uh, by this time, a little bit of crowd was coming around to see what was going on and see what got my eyes all stretched out. And, and it was just the fact that in a Bible teaching right. setting, a, a brother with some influence, a title, is trying to promote this heresy and mm. spread it among people as if it's true or biblical, and nobody's going to call him on it. You know, and so then I didn't right. go to, oh, right. well, everybody's got a right to have a, bl- hey, 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 this is heresy, but a capital H, and I'm right. not going to do it while, while it's on my watch. 
I said, it's on my word. You're going to give it the Amen. word of God. I said, because I got a Bible right here in my hand. And I know you can't open this right. Bible and show me Solomon having no genie in the Bible and, and then try to pass it off. I said, I don't know what you watching. <laughs> right. mm. so, oh, my God. I was like, whoa, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I was there. I'm like, he lied on the word of God. Off. I was like, this comes down. This is, you know, like, those, gonna pass it off. Like, nobody gonna see nothing. But, right. 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 But I wanted to bring that up yeah. to show that there are things that even mm-hmm. we get upset about. It is like, no. If I had a grass, we, we if I had a grass whip right at that point, we just time. don't let anybody <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Eddie. And some tables to turn over. <laughs> right. Man, come right on now. Yeah. Lord God. Hey, I'm going to have to get off you guys. Love you guys. Have a blessed new year. And uh, I got some honeydew stuff. So, Amen for the honeydew. Uh, uh, Take care right, of yourself. You All right. Bless you. All right. All uh, right. Brother Ron, I'm gonna call you. God bless you, brother. All right. All right. Bless you. All right. All right, sir. All right. So, hey, um, I'm going to miss Minister you, Andre. Any party um, words? I, I appreciate the time with you, brothers, on the Saturdays that I get called off the bench. Um, I appreciate it tremendously, and I pray that you brothers have a wonderful Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and New Year. And the Lord say the same. I look forward to uh, uh, re uh, reuniting with you brothers in 2021. Lord say the same. Thank you, brothers, for just keeping it real and for being real yes, brothers, sir. you know, and, and being brothers. We can have these kind of dialogues and and uh, it has different temperature levels to it and and different levels of reality. And still, yes, sir. you know, knowing the end that we all brothers in the Lord. And uh, I, I appreciate that so much, you know, and uh, and I, I pray that everybody Amen. be safe because, you know, the world's a little bit crazy right now. So you brothers, please be safe and, and be well and, and, uh, and survive this, this coming challenges and, you know, stand your ground in Jesus name. I pray we all get the fellowship and eat soon. I'm going to need some, some good old steak or some, <laughs> Hey, we're playing. Okay. <laughs> you know too much. <laughs> Yep. And on that <laughs> note, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Amen. But yeah, I thank you guys, and again, thank you for this year of joining me with this podcast. You know, we thank Pastor T and Elder T. Um, man, they've been great too, and I'm looking forward to talking to them and. We're going to start up next year, you know, and I know with the next couple months, we all definitely have plenty to talk about. And uh, again, thank you. This this conversation was great. Love you back. You know, I I appreciate y'all and love y'all. I just definitely got to tell y'all that. So I definitely will be contacting y'all and um, yeah, and every I hope y'all have a great holiday. I'm Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I know it's going to be a little bit different for yes, all sir, of us. Done. Praise God. And Christmas, yes, you know, sir. in the New Year, it's going to be different, but still enjoy yourselves.
Yes. Well, uh, with Please that, do. You know, Brother Andre. Yes, I mean, sir. Yeah, Brother Andre. You can lead us out in prayer. That will be great. Uh, most precious Heavenly Father, your manservant, Heavenly Father, first and foremost, we just thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving us with an unconditional agape love, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the remission of our sins, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we thank you for this time that has passed, Heavenly Father. We thank you to the, for the time throughout the year, Heavenly Father, that we gathered on these Saturdays, Heavenly Father, just to chop it up as men of God, Heavenly Father, to share, to glean, Heavenly Father, to, to grow, Heavenly Father. Uh, in your word, Heavenly Father, to grow as we sharpen irons, Heavenly Father. Sometimes uh, friction might have came, Heavenly Father, but it was only to sharpen us, Heavenly Father. Our intellect, our, our well-being uh, spiritually and mentally, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that something was said and done during these podcasts that bless individuals who are listening as well, Heavenly Father. And Lord, as we close this uh, podcast out, Heavenly Father, for each and every man uh, that was on this call, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you bless their households, Heavenly Father, their families, Heavenly Father, their coming and their going, Heavenly Father, continually to be the centerpiece in their household and in their lives, Heavenly Father. And if it's your will, Heavenly Father, we'll come uh, back together again in 2021, Heavenly Father, to continue such a wonderful ministry, Heavenly Father, that you have birthed in our brother's heart, Heavenly Father. We love you and we thank you. And it is in the priceless in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, my brothers. Y'all have the great rest God of God bless the you, my brothers. You guys be safe. Again, enjoy your holidays. Take care of yourself. I will be contacting y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.